Welcome to Is There Kale in My Teeth, the podcast. I'm your host, Rifki Rubinowitz, an interior design trained lifestyle and wellness expert, mom to three girls, and editor of Mitchbacha's Family Room magazine. On each podcast episode, you will meet incredible women who have empowering, entertaining, and educational messages to share with me and with you. Stick around. It's wild and it's raw, just the way we like it. Um, okay, so for any of your followers who are finding me here, my name is Rifki Rabinowitz. I am in the lifestyle and wellness industry. And for the past two years, I have hosted inspiring women who discuss their market niche and we just kind of level each other up. And for any of my guests who are discovering you for the first time, I would love for you to introduce yourself to all of us. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Bachava. I am a full-time content creator, part-time student. Um, I focus on lifestyle and fashion. I post daily on my Instagram and TikTok. And I also have a website and a YouTube channel. Yeah, you do. You, you are one of the most consistent content creators that I follow. Um, Thank you. Yes. Like, we see you, we notice your hard work, and well done. Thank you. Very kind. It's always nice to hear. Oh, are you kidding? Trust me. I wouldn't have asked you on if I didn't think that you were awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's discuss a little bit about your origin story. How and why did you get into this industry? So I was a design student at FIT for accessories design, and I had just finished my associates. I was off for the summer, and I would make in school handbags, shoes, belts, like everything. Um, And I would always post it to my Snapchat, which was just my friends, like maybe 15, 20 people. Mm. Um, But they always found it really interesting. So I was like, you know what? I'm off for the summer. I had an internship, but it was really part time. Mm. And I had all this time on my hands. So I'm like, let me start a blog because like that, that was in at the time blogging and my friends were always interested in what I was working on. So the original concept of my blog was going to be um, like the start to finish process of accessories and things in the fashion industry. Like you see a handbag on a shelf or in a store, but like I can show you like how you got the design concept and then spec sheets and making it and patterns and all like that stuff, which is really interesting, but I ended up shifting gears okay Um, so so you ended up pivoting and going a little bit more into did you have the intention to say I'm gonna start like an influencer empire or did it kind of happen organically definitely more organically I originally started it as like something to do and I figured I'm gonna put in all this time and effort because I had like two or three months in the summer and Mm. if I like it great and if I don't then I learn something and I'll go Mm. back to school in the fall so I went attitude. back to school. Yeah, I figured like um, I was learning really interesting things. I learned how to design a website and just a lot of things about social media in general. Um, and then when I went back to school, I was in school for maybe two weeks into my bachelor's program. And I was like, I don't need to do a whole another two years of design. I would rather focus on content creation and switch and I ended up switching my majors to direct and interactive marketing, which is what I'm currently still doing. I have been a student since 2014. They're going to be like, and for our geriatric graduates. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. That is me. I am in class with 18 year olds, but it's okay. 
so how long did it take for you to find your groove? Like once you started to kind of figure out what you're good at and what you wanted to focus on? Um, I originally started with a plan for my, in, for my Instagram account. I think it was just like posting consistently something that I still follow till today. So when I did start, I kind of went like all in. So I think I started a groove right in the beginning. There was no like, I didn't want to like half ass anything because I figured mm -hmm. if I want to do this and I'm like throwing in all the cards, I did all the research and I didn't like start putting out content until I had researched everything for over a month and a half. And I like made my Instagram account and I had like five friends follow me and it was on private so I could practice for two weeks posting photos and doing stories because I was never involved in social media. Like if you look at my private social media, I posted once a year on Purim. So I was really inactive. So I was very overwhelmed about starting um, to like share my yeah. life publicly. Um, but I think I, the groove, I kind of just like started right away and then continued on with that. Wow. That's amazing. So what kind of things were you researching? Like for somebody who wants to get into it and, you know, has no idea where to turn, what were yeah. those keywords or suggestions that you have? Um, <laughs> how to start a blog. That was, that was like a major one. And I read a million blog posts about it. I watched tons of YouTube videos, um, how to take photos, tons of YouTube videos, um, like how to grow yourself and gain a following. There's so much information out there that if you take the yeah. time to actually research things, you're going to find information um, because they think it's worth doing your research before you put yourself out there and then you'll have more knowledge instead of not knowing what you're doing. So I definitely recommend that people, if they do want to go into some sort of influencer content creation to see what it's all about because people write a lot of information that you can know and then see if it's for you. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good point. I think that's like an easy like skill that we kind of overlook and we just I do find it somewhat overwhelming because being in the information age, there is so much information out there. And, you know, yeah. let's say on TikTok and on Instagram, I follow like a lot of, um, you know, it's like kind of trendy now, even like cute marketing girls. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like. I can't hear this. Like I can't hear another tip because it's another tip to implement. And it's another tip that I should be doing in orange. How do you shut out that white noise and kind of figure out what works for you? And I think that you should start with some sort of basis. And then if that's not working for you, then listen to the other people, like the new information that you're gaining and try it out and don't try it out for a day. Try it out yeah. for like a week or a month because you need to continually like, retrain your audience or if there's something that you want that you're really specifically interested in like let's say people who make money off of affiliate links and shopping and things like that they teach their followers to shop on their page so you need to like train your following what to expect from you so yeah. if you're trying something new make sure that you actually give it time to show you rewards otherwise you never know if you like really gave it a chance it's so true. A couple months ago, I'm like, okay, affiliate links, we're going to figure this out. And I, I signed up for CJ Affiliates. Okay. And I officially am an affiliate for so many wonderful, wonderful brands. And I just haven't, I haven't, because at the end of the day, 
what really excites me is talking about ideas and concepts and to monetize that it's a little bit of a less organic process and I am obsessed with the organic process. So it, it, it gets me so far, but then of course someone like me, it will stunt your growth because you do have to be somewhat premeditated for sure. You do have to have, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're doing this like ultimately, I mean, not ultimately, I don't think that you shouldn't start going into like the social media space if you want to make money because it's not something that like you'll see right away. I told my husband when I started, give me five years. So that I kind of like felt was a good amount of time to really establish myself. Um, Yeah. And you have to like really, really love it and enjoy it in order for people to, in order for you to see money come after it, because it really takes time to build yourself up. But if you wanted to like, let's say, go into affiliate links, you would have to be posting it consistently, just like you said, with your lives, like people know that you do lives. So you're going to have more people tuning in for your lives, because that's what they're used to seeing. Versus me, I don't know how many people would tune into it, because I don't do it often. 100%. Um, Exactly. It's so true. So when I started my page, my original why was that I just was an adult woman, a young mother, and I needed like a place to land all of my creativity, which I think it's so sad that as grown women, so many of us just kind of let it go out the window when it's such like a driving force to a lot of us growing up. And that was why I started. And so I, I, I'm kind of about to launch my website and I keep, I keep refining. It's taking way longer than it needs to because of that. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. And I was like sending a, like a bit of it to a couple of my friends and they had like a lot of criticism, which was amazing. Um, and they're like, Rifki, like, listen, like I get it. Like you might want to do this for fun and you love writing and you love English, but there are just too many words here. You have to think like a consumer, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. it was great advice. Yeah. But I'm like, guys, I'm not doing this for fun anymore. Like, I mean, it is fun, but like yeah. when you put in this amount of work, this amount of time, this amount of brain space, um, it's like, okay, like whether it's because you need the money to make a paycheck or you want the money as a reflection of the amount of time you're putting in, regardless, you don't spend that much time and say, okay, it's just a hobby, you know? Right. No, 100%. And that's why I think people who really want to get into it, they start off with a part-time job or something like that where they're making money and then they do this on the side and then they slowly transition into a full-time position which I think is really wonderful let's talk a little bit about content creation content planning and tips to stay consistent so in terms of like a con like I know some people have a content calendar and they have all these posts line up and like different apps I used to do that when I was shooting with a friend and she would take pictures for me but now I much more like either try to do it in the moment because I take my own photos or really just like see how I'm feeling that day. I always have backup pictures to post, but I wouldn't say that I have like a specific content calendar that I stick mm-hmm. to. Um, and for like my TikToks, I definitely will sometimes at the beginning of the week, like write down some video ideas that I have so I can have like, if I'm at a loss that day, what kind of video should I make? Um, but for the most time, most part, it's like a daily thing that I'll do, like take a photo today, make a TikTok. Um, one day a week, I'll focus on my website. One day a week, I'll focus on YouTube. So I kind of like have a somewhat schedule in that sense. Um, but I don't have anything like super planned out because I don't, I don't block my 
some people like just take a bunch of different outfits one day a week and then they have their content for the week. I more do it on a day to day basis. I think I relate a lot to the way you do it. Um, (laughs) It's just like part of that organic feeling of what you're in the mood. But with regards to TikTok, I mean, the trends move so quickly, so fast. Like, do you spend so much time on TikTok being like, okay, I see this is about to come. Like, you know, I saw yesterday, like the trend, what would you wear to to these different fashion shows? Mm -hmm. But last week it was, how would you walk in a runway for different fashion houses? And it's like these tiny little tweaks and being a TikTok creator, you have to stay on that curve. And are you on it all the time, kind of doing recon and research? I usually spend my like regular daily schedules. I'll have my coffee and then I'll scroll through TikTok for like half an hour. I feel like that's the amount of time that I need to like understand like trending videos, trending sounds, like what kind of things are coming up on my for you page. Um, and then I kind of turn it off and then I'll only go back on to upload a video. I don't go on the app at all at night. It's really just like a little morning routine for me. It's research based. Um, because I try, I like in the beginning, obviously I was on it a lot more, but for my mental health and I'm a very regimented person, like I don't want to be looking through it all the time. So it's really more, I have that time in the morning and then I'm off it unless I'm uploading a video. What's your, what's your Zodiac sign? Pisces. Oh, my husband's also. It's my birthday, February 28th. Yeah, Ooh, coming up. Uh, 27th. Oh, what am I saying? I'm turning 28, <laughs> but my birthday is on the 27th. Okay, got it. My husband, like, I feel like with every sign, there's like a few people I know that represent that sign. So I'm like, oh, my husband. Okay, I feel like I know you well now. Okay. He's also quite <laughs> disciplined, quite regimented. Like, yeah, very, I'm very uh, goal oriented and like yeah. I like lists and I like checking things off. Um, and that I think is, is like, you need to be somewhat in that headspace if you're in if you are your own boss because otherwise you can just like sit around all day and not do anything because nobody's telling you to do anything a hundred percent I even found just taking my kids away for a little bit now and just kind of I I was feeling aside from the fact that I didn't want to be on my phone I was feeling uninspired I had nothing to share Mm -hmm. and say and that's the advantage or disadvantage depends how you want to view it but the advantage is, is that I can take time off when I need the disadvantage of being okay with taking that kind of time off is for all the time you take off, you slow your growth curve. So it's like that kind of give and take. Yeah. No, I had this conversation once with a friend and I was like, some days, like I'm just not in the mood of going on and like making stories or posting a photo. And my friend's like, well, some days I don't want to go to my job either, but I do it anyway. Ooh. Like, oh, Ooh. okay. Ooh, <laughs> it was a very good, yeah. it was really good. And I like really thought about it. I'm like, oh my God, like you are right. I do I think it's that. slightly different because I am on seven days a week. Like, thank God for Shabbos, you know, when I tune off on my phone. But I do feel like I can, there are times when I need to step away for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but to, to constantly do that, like you can't, it's your job. So you need to look at it and view it in that way. That's a, that's, that's an important distinction to make. That's a, that's important. I mean, I definitely can play the mind game against that to be like, whoa, you know, like my other dogs can monitor that. Like you, you can keep going, but I I kind of like that, that perspective. I was talking to my friend Kelsey, who's um, in this industry and I was kind of like complaining, like pretty much must've been the same conversation you had been having with the friend who said that to you. And she's like, so quack. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> You're just complaining. You're venting. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, like if the option is to quit, I'm obviously not quitting. So right. okay, I'll I'll forge ahead. You know. Um, it's just, I guess, important to stay inspired and stay feeling creative because otherwise your content is a reflection of that and it, it kind of feels forced. For sure. Yeah. And I used to do, I haven't done it in a while. I really need to like every three months I would take a three day break, delete the apps from my phone to just like retrain my fingers to not touch Instagram. Cause like yeah. I do it automatically without even realizing. And then you realize Me your too. phone has like no value <laughs> if there's no social media on it. I'm like, I, I, who do I call? Like, I don't call people. I text them sometimes. You do uh, like the the trinity of like the touch this up, that up, that up. Yeah. I, I want to tell you something. This is so humiliating. <laughs> I put on I put on time um time limits on my phone yesterday. I tried it out for the first time and I didn't fully concentrate when I was doing it. Like I didn't create like a realistic assessment. I was just like, yeah, I don't like, I don't like feeling out of control. Like I don't like feeling like I'm on this as a reflex and it's not like an intentional decision. I am at the beginning of the pandemic. I vowed to myself that I was going to learn TikTok and I felt like referencing that geriatric. Like I was like YouTube, like a three minute YouTube tutorial video of how to use TikTok took me like 20 minutes to get through because I kept pausing it and trying to figure it out. It's a hard app to figure out. Has it become completely like instinctive to you, natural, you know how to navigate? Yeah, definitely. When I first started, I I had heard about TikTok like maybe in the summer of last year and all well, 2019. And I was just like, I don't know what this is. And then I was talking to someone and they're like, you know, you really should look into it. And then I had gone to a Teen Vogue Summit in LA and we were able to choose different offices that we wanted to go to. And one of the options was TikTok. They had Instagram, Facebook, modeling agencies, HBO, like a bunch of really cool companies. But I'm like, people have been talking about TikTok. Let me go. Um, and I didn't have the app on my phone, nothing. And I was just so inspired when I went to their offices and like heard what they do that I downloaded the app. But I definitely like the first, the first while I, it was completely new territory. So it takes time um, and then you learn it. And then, sure. yeah, of course. And then you're good to go. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, just so easy. Um, I, um, I find that the energy on TikTok versus Instagram is so different. I think that like I see on TikTok, it's a lot of focused on like togetherness and building each other up. And I think Instagram this year has really in a lot of ways, I'm I'm grateful that not the accounts that I follow, because that's just who I surround myself with, but it's become, you know, heavier and more political. And um, why do you think that is? Hmm. Well, TikTok is amazing because, as you said, like you can really find your own communities and interests. And I'll sometimes go through my husband's for you page just because I'm curious to see like what kind of content he's getting. And it's so amazing that every person's feed is completely tailored yeah. to them. So it's a very engaging platform. Um, and for the most part, I think that if you are interested in politics, like my brother's super into politics, his feed is all politics, but because I'm not interested in, I don't get that. But on Instagram, mm-hmm. there's no like algorithm that figures that out for you. Um, and I think that Instagram became very like one dimensional and more fake. It's like very curated versus TikTok, which is much more organic. Um, 
And I think that there's just been a lot of pressure to make your voice heard on Instagram. Everybody needs to be an activist. Everybody needs to be in politics. And I think that's been extremely hard the past year to navigate. Even now, I just like, if there's like something going on, I generally like choose to not post it all because I'm scared if I say one thing, I'm going to get flack. If I say something else, I'm going to get flack. And unless it's like a more or less neutral topic or something that I'm very strongly feel I need to share, then I don't feel that my followers follow me for political information. They follow me for happy lifestyle, what I'm up to content. And if they want to get news or political views, then they can go to a news app or a different account. But that's not what I focus on. And I try to think about what I want to see on other people's accounts. Like, I don't want to see everybody talking. Obviously, there's certain issues that it's very important to share. Um, but it, yeah. there's a lot of pressure around it. A hundred, a hundred percent. So let's discuss a little bit. I mean, from the outside, I'm somewhat of a new follower of yours. I actually, I think I found you on TikTok. Your, your oh, growth. Yay. Your growth mm-hmm. on TikTok and Instagram has been meteoric. Um, what do you think um, contributed? I mean, I guess they're two separate questions, the TikTok on the Instagram, because I feel like there's such different variables that contribute. So let's discuss, I guess we're on Instagram. Let's discuss Instagram first. How do you, like, what are the seeds you planted to kind of expand in the way and and the speed with which you did? Um, I mean, it's funny because I guess like everyone looking outside, like to me, I feel like my growth is so slow, but I know, I know, like looking out, it's different. Which is why I prefaced it with that, by the way, because it never feels like that on the inside because you know your hustle and you see hustle around you and you're just like, I've been at this number for three months. What's happening? So I get that. Exactly. Again, so my Instagram, I started in 2017. So I got in a little bit late, but not too late. Um, And I just posted every single day. um, And I think recently I was at a really big standstill. And then when reels came out, I started uploading like my TikToks to my reels. And that to me has been where I've been getting the most growth. Um, And I definitely recommend that if you are, if you do have like video content you can share and you're looking to grow, focus on reels because it's still somewhat undefined and people are figuring it out. So that's a way to really get yourself on the explore page because for me, hashtags don't work. Um, and it's just been really slow and just, I really recommend the reels. That's for me, what I've seen in the Why? past like, couple of months really helped. Why do you think the hashtags don't work for you? You know, I don't know. I have, I have like a person at Instagram. They've reviewed my account. They just say they're not sure. So there's some sort of algorithm thing. Yeah. Some days I'll like send my person, like, I'm like, I'll send her a screenshot when my hashtags actually work. And I'm like, look at this. She's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. So it's really helpful. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I definitely recommend trying them out because I, I still put them on my photos, never knowing maybe today they'll work. Um, but for the most part, I think the most growth you'll see is from reels at this time. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, I feel like, especially in kind of our age group where we're young, but we're not like Gen Z, you know, like it's, 
every time we get kind of comfortable with something, there's something new that comes out and staying on the top of that and, you know, not resisting change, but just embracing it is really, I guess, in general, the key to success. I've seen even in the past, like six months, my growth has slowed down a little bit. So I know that I got on really early and because I was creating yeah. like, content that there weren't a lot of fashion or lifestyle people, I was singled out because of that. And I'm really thankful. So let's talk a little bit about your TikTok journey. Why? How? Like, what went on there? Um, I love TikTok. I 100% enjoy creating content on TikTok more than I do taking photos. I'm really bored of photos. And it's, it's just, it's not something that I specifically enjoy as much anymore. I definitely prefer to create some sort of engaging content that can relate to people. And then I have conversations like posting a picture. There are people who make incredible like content on Instagram and I'm blown away. I follow some really cool people. Um, but I've been always much more like in the moment kind of, um, and TikTok allows you to really connect with people in a different way and you get to like show your personality a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I like, totally got sidetracked. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how you got into TikTok and what, what do you feel you oh. did to kind of set your brand up in that way where you're mentioned in, I saw a nylon mag as ones to watch. Like that's insane. Thank you. I was really excited about that. And I didn't even That's know crazy. about it. Like a follower messaged me. I was very thankful. It's also such um, like a neat, like a niche, edgy magazine. Like I feel like when you're really into fashion, it's a magazine you read. And that's kind of the people that you want hearing about you if you're in fashion. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was really excited about that. I started when I had gone to TikTok, when, there, when I had gone to their offices. At the time, it was much more like voiceover. Um, uh, what's that word? Um, lip syncing and like funny videos. So I'm like, what kind of content am I gonna create? And they're like, just, they're like, fashion is completely undefined. If you can figure it out or lifestyle content, then like you really have a place. So I started by posting, um, I started by trying a lot of things. I, I tried like videos that I had made from travels that I had been previously. And I saw that people aren't engaging in like a curated video of Italy. Like they want to see something more um and I got really lucky I had I went from like 7,000 followers and I had a viral TikTok and I gained like 300,000 followers in the span of a month and a half from this one video of me and my sister what video Christmas was it pajamas it was me and my sister I had found this trend and like when like I had been doing my research scrolling through TikTok I saw this like hand trend um like just like a motion that you do with your hand that was like one of those like you know you don't know how it works um watched a youtube tutorial on how to do it and i did it with my sister and for, for some reason we were also in south africa so i think like the south african tiktok market wasn't super defined so once i went viral there i went viral on like the whole um africa like all over um and it has like today like 42 million views which is like crazy no amount of people yeah yeah that's ridiculous so i yeah so i was really lucky to have that like major viral moment 
Um, but after that, it took me a really long time. I got a lot of male followers, which aren't helpful to me in like a marketing perspective because everybody yeah. wants to see your demographics. Um, so it took me a really long time to build my following of female U.S. based people who are interested in like more fashion lifestyle content but I just did it by like those kinds of videos I started getting those kinds of followers who are actually engaging in my content like if you look at my videos from a year ago I may have like a nice amount of views but my engagement is really low because I wasn't reaching like the right people and now the people who are watching my videos mm -hmm. even if let's say it's a smaller number it's they're much more engaged in my content because they're interested in those kinds of videos I'm so happy for you that's so cool it sounds like you're very on thank top you of yeah it's been it's welcome. been quite a journey it sounds like it. I mean, it's, I know the work and the hustle and the grit that goes into it. So it's like amazing. Um, you sound like you're very on top of your analytics and your insights. Is that something that you're doing by yourself or do you have somebody helping you with that? No, I just look at like the information that TikTok provides and then trial and error and trying different things out. And really also like the same thing, like sticking with it. That yeah. video that got me into Nylon magazine, I, had tried doing like 30 days of outfits a couple of times, never really stuck with it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And in the beginning, I wasn't getting a lot of traction. Like my followers weren't used to like me doing a specific style. Usually I'll do like dressing up like gossip girl outfits, those kinds of things, not like a specific outfit. Um, but then I had this one video that really took off and like, that's what got me on their radar, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, seeing what works for other people and then trying to like giving it time to really work for you and train your audience. Like these, this is the kind of video I'm going to be creating, um, is really, is really where it's at. It's really valuable. Yeah. That's a really good message just to kind of like let your audience marinate in a new concept in a new pivot yeah. and then exactly um talk let's talk a little bit about fashion so it you have like a very i would say at this point signature fashion look which is very aligned with current brands that and trends that are going on globally how did you develop that fashion sense because you said that your fashion um, pivoted in the past few years. So what do you think contributed to your kind of like, there's a knowledge in putting so many looks together all the time? Um, I think like being forced to create so many different looks for just like every single day, I generally get dressed that I've kind of been forced into figuring out outfits. Um, sure. I look at inspire, I look at Pinterest and Instagram, uh, what people are wearing on TikTok. Uh, fashion week or just like being in New York City if I see something that I like or a style I like on someone else and I'll go into Pinterest and like type in even if it's let's say like a crew neck sweater and like see what like images will pop up and think about what which ones I like and then I can try to transfer that into my own style um, I'm always trying new things and I think like learning to dress for your body type and like what looks good on you is really important and once you figure that out you can kind of branch out into different styles um don't ever be afraid to like try out a new style because you never know how it'll make you feel mm. 
So, so what would you say your style is? I really don't know. My style is kind of, I definitely love in the summer more feminine because I love like florals and pretty dresses. Um, yeah. But in the winter, I would say I'm like trying to go for like more of like a minimal street kind of look. Um, stuff that's comfortable and keeps me warm. I love layering. That's what I'm very into these days, especially living in that. New York. What are some trends that you think we're going to be wearing in the summer? Come summer. Ooh, um, Ooh. Definitely color blocking, I think, is, is going to be really in. Um, people are like, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if brown transitions into the summer. I think it will into like sundresses and things Me like too. that. Like linen. Um, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of like warm neutral tones is very, mm. is really going strong. And I love that as well. I would have okay. never liked it if it was like two years ago. I'd have thought it was ferocious looking, but now <laughs> my mind has been shifted by shifted. by what I see around me, and I'm like, ooh, brown sundress, yes, please. Like, hello. So, I, well, I feel like you and I have like, I mean, I have a little bit of color now, but I feel like we have a little bit of like similar complexion, and yeah. we look good. Like, even when I get my makeup done, and I'm like, let's do like a smoky eye and like gray and silver. Um, like I always kind of know when it's a good makeup artist when they're like, honey, no, <laughs> you yeah. need, you need warm browns. I'm like, okay. Warm. Yes. Yeah. It looks good on you. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about pitching to brands. So you work with a few wonderful brands. Um, how do you, um, my friend Gizzy, she's a makeup artist, like no silver mm-hmm. for you. And again, like I still feel like as many years as the influencer industry has been around, it's still somewhat of an unregulated market. So kind of figuring out price points and what's an appropriate, you know, number to charge for certain things. It's still kind of like no man's land. So how did you find grounding? And I know it's a big conversation, but you can kind of do with it what you want. Yeah, I am currently represented. So I have a team that like pitches me um, to different brands and get and like exclusively works with different brands. And they are the ones who are negotiating my rates based on all the other people that they um, represent and what their relationships with brands and what they think based on my following, my engagement rate, um, my demographic, what I can be charging. So that's definitely been really helpful. Um, sure. but I only signed, you know, only got signed last year. So until then I, would say I didn't start charging anything on Instagram until I hit 10,000 followers. Until then, I would just work for a gifted product. Um, and then I really looked at when I did get a brand deal, how much they were willing to pay me. Um, and I kind of looked at those numbers that they were giving me coming from brands so that I could base it for myself, if I'm pitching myself to someone, I can be like, listen, like I worked with this company and these are my rates. Um, always shoot higher. Don't be obnoxious, but you know, so you will come to a negotiated price of something that you feel comfortable with. Um, I think it's really important to know your value because you shouldn't be, if you feel like you're worth a certain number, um, as long as it's within reason, and a brand doesn't want to pay you that amount, then be okay with walking away. Because if you're just going to work for a less number, then people aren't going to respect you the same way. Um, and sometimes like I've had where I'm like, I'm really sorry, these are my rates. I can't go lower. And a lot of times they'll be like, oh, okay, well, what can we work with you? Like, let's like come to an agreement. 
Um, because if they really want to work with you, then they're going to see like, well, this girl obviously thinks she's worth this amount of money. So then she must be worth it. Of course. Um, but be okay with pitching yourself, meaning why are you worth that number? Yeah. Um, and what are what value are you giving to this brand? Are you really going to be helping them? Um, so I think I think for me, I always use like what a brand would offer me, and then I use that amount to kind of um, gauge things. And there's also a website called four.co, f o h r dot co. Um, Elizabeth Savetsky told me about it. So shout out to Elizabeth. Um, it's free to sign up and they basically like will give you a breakdown on all your analytics on Instagram and they can give you based on their influencer database and they work with brands as well. What like a range on how much they think you should be charging. And I always use that number as well. If I was having if like someone was like, well, I don't know if you could charge us, I would like send them my media kit and all my analytics from four and be like, well, this is what they think I should be charging. And they're a very well known, um, yeah, a very well known agency. So people really respect that number. So check them out. That's a really helpful tip. Yeah, that's a really helpful tip. Um, Scarfection is asking as a small business, I can negotiate a price with an influencer. Sometimes price doesn't work out. And I was wondering about that. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can negotiate. Some people have a rate that they want to stick to and they don't want to go less than that. I think it's always worth it's always worth a shot, like seeing if people want to work with you. I also think that sometimes if there's a smaller brand that, let's say, doesn't want to pay my rates, then they can send the product. But like I have the ability to share it on my page if I want to or if I don't want to. There's no I don't have any like liability obligation need. Yeah. obligation thank you not liability i was i was trying to figure out the word it was you didn't come to you're, me you're doing thank amazing you. sweetie oh <laughs> uh, thank you yeah so i would say um that i've done that a few times if a brand doesn't want to pay for a specific promotion um but don't you know you can't expect anything if you're not paying somebody and they have an actual following so if you don't have a budget, then look to reach out to micro influencers who are looking to work for gifted product and send it out to a bunch of them. So you end up covering a similar amount of people. What mistakes have you seen like this? But, you know, speaking of that influencer, again, obviously, I don't know about their what the payment plan was and what went on there. But it sounds like she overcharged and wasn't able to uh, come through on her deliverables. Um how do you avoid that? How do you create like boundaries and expectations that can be met? I think it's really important from the brand side to also realize that, let's say, for instance, swipe ups, mm -hmm. right? So I can have, let's say, for example, I can have 100 swipe ups on a post. And I'll later hear that I know people who bought it, who told my friends they bought it, or they'll message me, oh, I bought this. And like, I didn't see any commission on my end. So it's not necessarily trackable always. Um, and that's something that brands really need to know. You're getting the knowledge out there. Um, and the, if you're working with a bunch of people, if a lot of times I'll work with in a campaign where I know there's 15 other influencers who have different demographics. And what the marketing plan is, is that people from different areas are going to hear this product's name 
over and over again and then it's going to sink into their brain and maybe the first time they heard it they're not doing anything the second time they're not doing anything maybe the third time next yeah. time they need that specific product they're going to it's going to be in their brain so that's why influencer marketing is, is it's really hard to track so even if let's say they didn't necessarily feel like they used the swipe up link that they were given or the code that doesn't mean that that influencer didn't give over value and the brand didn't get any recognition because having their name out there is is recognition and um i the think that they identity. need to like yeah brand identity and just getting your name and when people hear that brand over and over again they're going to start thinking about it maybe not the first time they heard it but if it's something that's consistent and you're working with influencers consistently, people are going to understand it. Like for example, um, I'm working with a moving company. I'm moving on Tuesday. Oh my gosh, good luck. I'm moving next week. Thank you. I have not packed as you can see. I can't. So the weekend's gonna be fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I told my friend I'm working with a moving company and she's like, oh, she like spit out the name. And I was like, she's like, yeah, I've seen like a bunch of influencers like work with them, even though it's just like their name is out there. I knew their name because I had seen other influencers like maybe six months ago. I I'm not going to use their code anymore, but I recognize it because I've heard about it before. So that's like it's not always trackable. Yeah, I think that's a really wonderful takeaway. No, I do. Um, okay, so we're gonna like get close to wrapping up. Um, okay. What I got a few questions in the question box, tips on, and I know you have posts about this, so maybe I can, like, if you can send them to me after, I'll post them on my story for whoever asks. But um, how to shoot content on an iPhone? Um, I have a Bluetooth remote and a tripod. I have lots of different tripods like the one that my phone is on right now. Um, and the Bluetooth remote is great because you just hold it in your hand, try to find places that you can more or less hide it. Sometimes I'll, it's really showing and I'll just make my caption, like find the Bluetooth remote. Um, but it's really, if you take the time to do it, it takes a little bit longer, but you have the ability to take as many pictures as you want. It's totally free. And you can get the shot you like because before I was either taking pictures with a friend or my husband was taking them and he hated taking my photos and working around my friend's schedule was hard. Um, And unless you want to pay a photographer, um, you can do it on your own by spending $29 on Amazon and getting a tripod and Bluetooth remote. So So, I can definitely send you a video like where I show how I do it. Sure. I'd love that. Um, but and I also have links in my Instagram under Amazon links, like links to my tripods that I have. And why do you have you have a few different ones for different lengths and heights? Yeah, I have um, like this one is for like lives or shooting, let's say just my face. It's like a little ring light and a tripod that you put on a table. And I have my collapsible ones. And um, then I have my shorter ones that are more like handheld. Um, mm. I also have one that's for food that goes straight down so oh, you can, really? like, work under mm-hmm. I just got that Ooh. actually I'm really excited to I need out. that one I need that one yeah if I'm taking like usually I try to always shoot my content in front of a window for my videos but occasionally I'll need to be somewhere that doesn't have 
a great lighting and I'll use this like if I'm shooting in my bathroom or something like that. I um, was helpful. doing a photo shoot of food for a magazine and my friend um, Senya is an amazing food photographer. She's put out her own cookbook so she knew what she was doing and we were shooting at mm -hmm. my house and I didn't have that shadow box mm -hmm. and which makes me think of like fitness but um so all the shots, like all the BTS shots are me holding up. We found this like big, like uh, Bristol board. I think they call okay. it. What's the word? Like it's, they call it something different in, in the U.S. You know what I'm talking about? The big Bristol yeah, board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a poster and board? I'm like, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm like, I've okay. created the recipes, the style, the food. But here I am. I'm a very pivotal part in this project. And you take my photos. I'm standing here with my Bristol mm -hmm. board. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, you need yeah. it. Lighting is everything. Yeah, so true. Anyway, thank you for coming on. You were so filled with knowledge and a pleasure to talk thank to you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry it took so long to make this happen, but I appreciate you reaching out. And that's all for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love if you subscribed. And if you're really next level vibing, leave me a positive review so we can keep the circle of positivity going. Of course, you can find our guests' information in the show notes and find more of me on my Instagram and website at Rifki Rabinowitz and RifkiRabinowitz.com. Have a good one, okay? Stay cool.